This is Elk Grove News Podcast. I'm Dan Gilready. On the 2019 Memorial Day weekend, the city of Elk Grove opened its long-awaited aquatic center at the newly named District 56 Complex. The opening of this facility was delayed by almost one year and was over budget. In July of 2019, Elk Grove filed a lawsuit against many of the companies involved in the construction of District 56. Our guest today is Brian Erickson, co-owner of Big B Construction and his project manager, Carlos De Leon. Erickson and De Leon will detail what they assert were faulty designs by the primary contractor. Erickson will also discuss the reason he thinks the city is pursuing this litigation. Because of the budget overruns, I think that uh, the Bob Murdochs and the Jeff Weldon, uh, Jeff Warners, and even the city manager were uh, all just trying to cover their fannies. Also, Erickson explains what happened when he addressed the Elk Grove City Council at a recent meeting. At the council meeting last week, I looked at the council members that all looked at me like like a bunch of deer in headlights. All of this on this edition of Elk Grove News Podcast. Brian Erickson and Carlos DeLeon, thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. Brian, can you tell listeners a little bit about your company, what you do, how long you've been in business, and the sort of work you're involved in? Yeah, Big B Construction uh, started in 2001, and we are specifically a concrete subcontractor dealing with structural and site concrete. We do building foundations, slabs on grades, uh, site work consisting of curb gutter, sidewalk, handicap features, things like that. We also do uh, structural buildings, tilt buildings, water and sewer treatment plants, Pretty much all concrete work is all Big B does. You're obviously very experienced in this work, so. Yep. I've been in the concrete business uh, about 30 years, and I've been a union carpenter since 1977 and still am a, a union carpenter. Brian, can you tell listeners how you became, how your company, Big B Construction, became involved in the Elk Grove Aquatics and the uh, Civic Center project. What, how did you, did you come in as a, a subcontractor and who brought you into the contract? Right. We are a subcontractor. We were, we bid the project to Arnst Construction out of Petaluma and we were the apparent low bidder for all of the concrete on the project, which was all of the aquatics part of the of the project along with the commons part of the project and uh, that included uh, buildings and basically the commons was just a bunch of sidewalks so that's that's how we got involved with uh with arts in the project and when when were you contracted was it in 2016 if i'm not mistaken it was 2016 yeah it was it was around 2016 so that project was about three years ago, roughly. And when did you actually start your work in it? Do you recall? The winter of 17. So you started work on this a little over two years ago, and it, w- it was progressing, obviously. Brian, when did you learn that there were some concerns about uh, the, the cracking and, and spalling 
from your from the primary contractors. I'm going to say this first. First of all, we we notified the general contractor, construction management, and also the city of Elk Grove that we didn't believe the design uh, was was a good design, and that we expected a lot of cracking to uh, come from this design. That didn't it didn't go over well, and they. Uh, SWA just told us to continue just to do the work per the design and follow the plans and specs. SWA tells you to continue with the work. You notify them. When does that activity between you and the uh, the city and and Wildan kind of ramp up in terms of them complaining about the the concrete? We received a notice of nonconformance in August August twenty ninth of two thousand eighteen. And it said that um, all the concrete was being rejected because of cracking, even though months before um, we had notified them that we were concerned with some of the cracking at the beginning of the project. And they issued a letter that said that they weren't too concerned with the cracking that was appearing, that it's common in concrete, continue pouring. And once we got at a certain point, then they came out with a letter that said it's too much, um, you need to stop. So you notify them well before this that there's some cracking. They say, proceed with your work, it's okay. And then in August, you get the letter saying there's a problem here. So what happens at that point? So let me go back just a little bit. Because what happened was we poured about 6,000 square feet of this commons project. And that's when we notified uh, them that they need to come out and take a look. SWA came out, they took a look. They came back with a document that said the cracking that was there could should be expected and that we should continue placing concrete per the plans and specs. And there was really not a lot that they said, but continue. We continued at a fast pace because the project was behind schedule and the city and also Arnst was, you know, pushing to get going. So we placed approximately 40,000 square feet more after the letter from SWA telling us to continue when in, that's when we in August got the stop notice from the city of Elk Grove that they were going to redesign the rest of the concrete and we would see a new design in a couple of weeks. They issued a new design. Was there any talk at that point about the money? There was not any talk about the money. When they came out with the directive, which we called ASI-4, the directive was for us to remove the concrete. And in the future, it was going to be to replace the concrete with a new design. We were given two weeks to take out the concrete, which was about 46,000 square feet approximate that we had placed. And we, in two weeks, we removed that concrete in its entirety and waited then for a period of time, which was the better part of six to eight weeks for a new design. At that point, uh, we were directed to to reinstall it, and the actual directive 
stated that it would it would be partially or possibly not paid for at all on this on this ASI. So that's that's where we're at at this point. It it hasn't been paid for at all. So you haven't received anything from the city yet. In- uh, or your contractor in terms of payment for this work? Is nope, that, nope. Is that correct? We didn't get paid. Uh, we got paid the first go round, but we didn't get paid at all for the removal of the concrete or the newly designed concrete, which the newly designed concrete made substantial changes in crack control, in expansion joint additions, in doweling additions. Uh, just the whole redesign was was completely uh, for the good, I, I might add. Okay, for the listener's sake, I'm I'm going to jump around here a little bit, and hopefully this will make sense. So you you get the work order to redo the work, the forty six thousand square feet. You you fulfill that. The aquatic center opens Memorial Day of this year, two thousand nineteen. And then sometime after that, I guess it was in July, the city files a lawsuit. And you were one of the named defendants in the lawsuit. Is that correct? That is correct. What is the claim that the city has against Big B Construction specifically? Specifically, I think they said it was defective, but they have no basis. And not only do they have no basis on filing a lawsuit against us because they have no they have no losses they have no damages big b right now is the only one that has any losses and they're holding 1.8 million dollars of our money right now uh that that we haven't seen and they won't even sit at the table and discuss it with us let's talk about that a little bit more now brian so obviously you get sued, you uh, enlist the help of a, uh, a law firm in Sacramento, if I'm not mistaken, Downey Brand. Correct. So you retain them, and in the course of discovery and some public document requests, you find a number of emails that were previously undisclosed to you about the design flaws. And can you tell us what those emails said, who they were from, and kind of the overall message that was being conveyed unbeknownst to you by the city to Will Dan, who is the primary, if if I'm not mistaken, Will Dan was the primary contractor on this and the designer, is that correct? They were the architect. Oh, architect, okay, I'm sorry. Architect and design, correct. Okay, so they they set the specifications for the whole project. They set... um it's it's a little cloud. It's not cloudy. What what Wilden did, they are like the general contractor for the design and architectural, and they had a subcontractor SWA out of Sausalito. They had different specifications for different parts of the work, being the aquatic was one specification, the um, commons was another specification. So we had to adhere to all the different specifications, and um, that—that's how. Um, that's it was a little confusing at first because there was so many different specifications. Sure. but that's that's how it how they came into into uh, this. Okay, so your attorney uh, gets several documents through a variety of means: discovery and public document requests. 
what what did you learn from those documents? Well, there was several documents, and I can't, you know, without having all of it in front of me, um, it was between City of Elk Grove, Jeff Warner, Bob Murdoch, the construction management team, Weldon, SWA, all back and forth on knowing that it was a design flaw and not a construction defect. Uh, we were pretty much throughout the, the whole process. We had an IOR, in fact, more than one IOR, inspector of record, that watched everything that we did. They documented uh, our placements, the times, concrete uh, quantities, concrete mix designs, all of our procedures, our cure procedures, uh, everything that we did was documented on a daily on a daily basis, and there were basically any of the non-compliance notices were minute and didn't really have much bearing on you know they were just small things like a dowel out of alignment or a edge form that was a little crooked. It was those kind of things that that came light throughout a lot of these emails that went back and forth. Yeah, I, I reviewed several of them, and, and it's, it's, it's very apparent that Jeff Warner had communicated these concerns internally about Wildan, uh, and he was essentially saying at that point, and this is in July of 2018, that it was a flawed design. That's correct. It, yeah. was, it was definitely a flawed design. What do you think is happening here? My personal opinion is that because of the budget overruns, basically it's the budget overruns, the only thing that I would say drive this kind of, a, of an attitude and a treatment from a, from a public entity. I think that uh, the Bob Murdochs and the Jeff Weldon, uh, Jeff Warners, and even the city manager were uh, all just trying to cover their fannies on on these overruns. And I believe there is there are videos and council meetings where they actually at one point say that they're they're literally going to go after the, the contractors and general contractors to, to make up this big, large overrun. And that's what I think is the driving force right here. I don't, I don't believe that they, I know that they know it's not a construction defect problem. And I know that, I know that for a fact because they had their own concrete experts and in the emails that we obtained through uh, through our attorneys, they they basically state that clearly that that it's it is a clear design issue. And what's Will Dan's response to the allegations or Jeff Werner's e several emails that it was a design issue? What what where, where are they uh, on this particular issue? We haven't had any. We don't. We don't get to talk to them at this point. There's no communications between SWA and Weldon with Big B Construction. And I'm gonna say I. And I'm just speaking because of conversations I've had with Arnst that they're not communicating with Arnst either at this point. 
Carlos, I understand you want to discuss a little bit more about the design standards and some of the uh, some of the events that happened along with that. Before the project, before you start pouring any concrete, um, there's usually a pre-construction meeting that's happening with the contractor, the general contractor, the construction management, and the designers, which are the architects, SWA, and us, Big B. So we were in this meeting and we went through the procedures and the mixed designs and how we were going to get everything started and poured. And during that meeting, it was discussed, I brought up the point that I felt that there was going to be some cracking in this design because of the way that the joints were staggered in the design. During that time, SWA said, we're pretty confident in our design. We don't think that it's going to crack and we're okay. Later on, when all the cracking started happening, there were areas throughout the project that we hadn't poured yet. So we removed and we replaced 46,000 square feet of concrete. Then we waited for a redesign. That redesign affected areas that hadn't been poured either. So they redesigned everything that added expansion joint, added different jointing that didn't intersect and stagger throughout the whole project. They also redesigned an area near the trellis at the aquatic center um, because we had asked them about the same thing. They had an area that was going to have staggered joints and they redesigned those also because they understood that that cracking was going to happen at other places if it wasn't redesigned. And as a result of that, we, we ended up pouring all that concrete back and all the concrete that was poured back, there was very minimal cracking as a result of their redesign, which should have happened in the first place. So that lends credence really to the notion that the, the original design was flawed and you were, a big B was simply following the design codes that you have you, that were provided to you. And then once the new ones came in, there were no problems. That's correct. We, throughout the whole project, we've built this whole thing per the plans and specs that were given to us. We always, that's the way we proceed in all our jobs. We build them per plans and specs. Brian, it's my understanding that you also, before this entered litigation, you took steps to mitigate the situation. What sort of steps did you take and what were the results of that process that you initiated? Well, my attorney and myself, took several, made several attempts to communicate with the city attorneys and Jeff Warner and Bob Murdoch. And we've even called uh, certain members of the council. I personally tried to get a hold of the mayor himself and uh, they wouldn't, none of them would respond to, to our uh, attempts. And we were just simply trying to get to the, to let them know that where we were and that we all know that, that it's a design issue and that if they could, you know, just release some of the monies that they owe us, which they basically put a design problem on the contractors, which is, it's illegal to the public contract code. There's a, there's a code that states that you can't put a design flaw onto the contractors and make them repair and fix these, these flaws. 
which is exactly what they've done. And to this, to the sum of $1.8 million and climbing, this has really put Big B in a precarious situation uh, of, a, of near 20 years of business that is uh, really making it difficult for us to uh, com- be composed and be the professional concrete contractor that, that, that we want to be and we, we should be. Brian, aside from the litigation, which was uh, revealed to the public in July, you and your wife, Dory, appeared at the September 11th city council meeting. And it was a very heartfelt uh, word spoken by yourself and your wife. Do you care to discuss some of the effects this is having on your company and your lives? It's it's a disaster for both uh, us personally and and our business because it's taken, you know, it's taken all of our working capital and really put a lot of stress on the business and a lot of stress on our personal finances because we've basically had to put everything out on the table to try to keep our company uh, in business. And it's, um, you know, we, we don't know how long we'll be able to maintain this. If things don't turn around here pretty quick, it, it could just be uh, another month. So it's uh, all we do is is seriously 24-7 is think about this litigation and try to uh, maintain our composure. And uh, we just, we're just trying to get out of this and, and keep our guys busy that we've had for, you know, a lot of these guys I've had for 15 years. And it's, 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 it's hard. Brian or Carlos, any final thoughts that you would like, if you want to send a message to the city council or anybody at city hall or anybody involved in litigation, is there something you'd like to tell them? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll add this at, at the council meeting last week, I looked at the council members that all looked at me like, like a bunch of deer in headlights they, I asked them if they would read the literature that I brought them. It was a 137-page document, and I asked if they'd just read about the first eight pages. And if they did that, and they would be, I think, understanding the statement that my wife made, which was that they had not been told the truth, and they, they need to read that to really understand why we're in the situation we're in. I think that the city hiring concrete experts and the construction management and ourselves, all, all the entities hired experts, concrete experts, and every one of them would say that it's a design issue. And to expect a small business to put that money out there and think that it wouldn't have any ramifications on the company, I think that it's a big deal. And to expect a company to go through this and you know not be affected in a powerful way is just, I think it's having a blind eye by the city. And so I think the city should take note of that and do something about it. Carlos de Leon, Brian Erickson, thank you for your time today. Thank you.